just talked to a pastor this morning whose income this weekend was down 85%. In other words, his, his income this weekend was 15% sure. of normal. Now, wow. I said, bro, that's, that's rough. He goes, well, we'll just see what God's going to do. And I think of Eddie Leo in Indonesia, who's had churches that were burned to the ground just within the last uh, 36 months. I think of guys like that, or, or Robert Berger in Lima, Peru, who the terrorists tried to kill him. I think of those men. I go, you know what? Man, if they can navigate this, I can navigate figuring out and being innovative. It's right. That's right. God's given us media. I can, I can figure this out. I can pray over this. I mean, this may be a time where we do some things, Brian, that will be some of the most innovative, new 100%. game changers in the history of the yeah. church, man. From the pages of Church Growth Magazine, helping church leaders implement their vision, this is the Church Growth Magazine podcast with your host, Brian Boyd. This is the Church Growth Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Brian Boyd. And uh, with me again here is our uh, friend, Paul Cole. Paul, Great to be with thanks you, for joining us today. Yeah, yeah what a well, wild world. So much, Crazy. I know it's, um, you know, I, I, I honestly watch the news and, I'm, and I, I feel some fear. I'll be really transparent with you. And uh, we've got pastors and leaders listening to this from all over the world. Um, what would you say to these pastors and leaders who are being asked by their congregation, hey, what should we do, pastor? You know, I'm scared or I'm anxious. Well, fear is normal to life. And I think that's really important to, uh, you know, Jesus didn't beat up the disciples or correct them because they were in fear. He corrected them because they didn't overcome their fear with faith. Uh, he didn't say, oh, you guys shouldn't have been in fear. It's a normal, normal human emotion, particularly here. Here's the key. Faith comes by hearing, and so does fear. So, so yeah. if, you know, so we hear all this stuff. What's normally going to happen in our lives, Brian? We're going to have this anxiety and stress and sense of panic. And shoot, what do we do? How do we navigate this? We haven't been here before. Fact is, Jesus was born. Uh, think about this: the Romans. These guys invented crosses and crucifixion and things like that. They were terrorists. They were occupiers. And Jesus was born in the middle of that. His dad had to take him and run for their lives for a few years to Egypt. And, of course, God provided the funding of that a couple thousand years before when Daniel started a school and those wise magi came from Daniel's school from the east and provided the funding. So, so the thing is, God's going to provide the funding. God's going to help us through this, give us wisdom. Fear is normal. Stress is normal to life. It's how we navigate it. So the question, you know, in one sense becomes, Brian, what, what are we fearful of? And I thought of something. Can I share this with you? This is, yeah, please. This is a, yeah. A, okay, this is coming at it from a little different angle in terms of okay. what do we fear as leaders? And it's a guy named Jim Marshall. It's called the number one uh, mess up or folly in the history of the National Football League. Jim Marshall, October 25th, 1964. 
his team, the Vikings, they're ahead 27 to 17. And and a and a fumble happens. Jim Marshall picks it up and runs like crazy. Nobody can catch him. He's a big defensive lineman. He runs the wrong way, Brian. Oh, come on. He runs the wrong way and it becomes a safety for the 49ers. All right. Now that's just before halftime. And now it's 27-19, and he's just made a major blunder. He sits in there at halftime and he says, Now, what do I do about this mistake? And he decided, I am not going to let this mistake define me. He went out in the second half, played incredible, stopped the other team. They still won 27-22, okay? He ends up playing almost 300 games in the NFL, Hall of Fame. He's still remembered for that crazy play, but he didn't let it define who he was as a man. So my question is, What's our fear as a pastor and a leader? Is our identity so wrapped up in the number of people that arrive or what will happen? You know, what's going to happen with the church or the finances? Is it tied up in that or is our identity tied up in Christ? And because of that, our biggest concern becomes what happens with my people? What happens to their life? What happens particularly to those who work hourly who are out of work or those who who have to get tips for a living and they they can't do that right now so so my thing is we've got to look at what am i fearing where does that come from is it a fixed mindset or am i looking at this saying okay fear's normal what am i going to do with it i'm going to look at innovative ways to make something happen mm-hmm. okay and what yeah. that means is i become a servant leader. I lead rather than react. And my leading cannot just be normal between the second and third song when I get up and I say, come on, it's all about him. It's all about Christ. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning. You know, that is not going to work in the middle of a crisis. What's going to work is when we take our Bible out and say to our people, here's what it says in the Word of God in John 16. The Father is with me. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and deeply at peace. In this godless world, you'll continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. And we have to help people define what's peace. What does that look like? Peace is not the absence of a storm. It's the presence of God in the middle of a storm. So now we have to help people redefine who, you know, what, what is this? What's going to happen in my life? Where am I going to go? What's going to happen? Yeah. And we are the shepherds called of God to lead, to direct, to protect their hearts, to correct negative thinking, negative talk, even in our own staff and even in ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about denial, you know, some sort of false sort of optimism. In fact, um, the Stockdale paradox is interesting. And I went there and I saw where Commander uh, James Stockdale was kept in Hanoi, Hanoi Hilton in Vietnam, Brian. And, and he was kept there for eight years. He was the, the highest ranking man ever shot down over Vietnam. And when he got out, a reporter asked him, he said, well, you must have been optimistic about getting out. That must have helped you. And Commander Stockdale said, no, I wasn't 
optimistic. The optimist died. He said, I had faith. I just knew if I could go one more day, one more day, Mm -hmm. one more day. He said, the optimist always said, oh, we'll be out by Christmas. And it didn't happen. He said, well, we'll be out by Easter. It didn't happen. He said, the optimist began to lose hope. And so what we do with our people is, is help them day by day walk through and navigate this fear and don't respond, but direct. How should we live? Right? So I think yeah. that, I think when, when we talk about finances, I just talked to a pastor this morning whose income this weekend was down 85%. In other words, his, his income this weekend was 15% sure. of normal. Now, wow. I said, bro, that's, that's rough. He goes, well, we'll just see what God's going to do. And I think of Eddie Leo in Indonesia, who's had churches that were burned to the ground just within the last uh, 36 months. I think of guys like that or, or Robert Berger in Lima, Peru, who the terrorists tried to kill him. And I think of those men. I go, you know what, man, if they could navigate this, I can navigate figuring out and being innovative. It's right. That's right. God's given us media. I can, I can figure this out. I can pray over this. I mean, this may be a time where we do some things, Brian, that will be some of the most innovative new 100%. game changers in the history of the yeah. church, man. Now, that's if not you think about that faith isn't real. It's real. I mean, yeah. fear isn't real. It's real. But well, see, if you go back to 9-11, which is for me, at least that's the most recent recollection of something that changed the course of, of mm-hmm. our, of our lives. We didn't have streaming. We didn't have on demand. We didn't have uh, iPhones. And so now, uh, churches this weekend were, were instantly online, instantly communicating with their, with their, uh, with their community. I mean, this is a defining moment for the church. This really is where people really are turning is. to. I talked to, um, well, my son Bryce is, uh, one of the music pastors of a good sized church here in Denton, Texas. And they, uh, they had to go online, you know, for the weekend and mm-hmm. they had, they had five times as many views so far of that weekend service than they would normally have in attendance. And so, uh, you know, there's opportunities like that. And, and of course they did some smart things. They, they shot it right. Um, they, they shortened it. They shot it right. (laughs) Yeah. It was in focus. It was in focus. The audio was good. But they shortened the service to 54 minutes. They would normally go an hour and 20. But you got to think of people looking at this in their on their computer, on their phone, maybe on their right. television if you got That's a right. smart TV or something. That's and right. you know what people can do is they can flip the channel on you. They can't right. so normally. Easy. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we've got to have something compelling. you know. But again, I come back to this. It's, the word, it's Psalm 78, man. Psalm 78, David wrote this. He said that the tribe of Ephraim, he said they were known as great warriors. It's one of the core 12 tribes of Israel. The, the men of Ephraim, it says, turned away in the day of battle. It said they were equipped. They were warriors. And it said they turned away in the day of battle. Now, here's the key phrase in Psalm 78. Let me look at this real quick. It's Psalm 78, and it says this in verse 12. It says they ran away in fear because they did not really believe the promises 
of God. They didn't really believe the promises of God. So as a leader, what I have to do for my men, for my women, for my children, for the people I've been entrusted to, I've got to help them stir up, as Paul said to Timothy, stir up that gift that's in you. Stir it up and begin to believe the word. And part of that is turn off the news. You know, listen to a podcast. Uh, What my wife and I have done is put on worship music. This is not denial. I can give you stats. I know what's happening in Italy right now. I've got friends trying to get back to Barcelona who live there. I I, I see all that. I know it. So I know it. I'm not blind to it. I'm not denying that this is real and it's happening. Whether or not my local government did the right thing or not, regardless of that, I'm going to stir up the gift of God in me, and I'm going to look for ways to help, to bless others. This morning, Brian, it kind of is an act of uh, defiance in a sense. I'm not going to let fear run me. I went online with uh, Matthew Barnett's uh, church out there in California, uh, the Dream Center. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and they're feeding kids from the LA school district, and it's like you can drive by, get a lunch, and I mean, they got a stream of cars coming through. They're giving them That's lunch great. twelve hours today, and so I went online yeah. and gave Judy and I gave a generous gift to that, and then I went online with Doug Stringer, somebody cares down in Houston, and gave a gift to them, and then I went online and made sure I tithed to my local church. So it was kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to be put in fear that of lack or scarcity or a mindset that's a fixed mindset based on my performance. I trust God. I'm going to be smart. I've got hand gel, Lysol wipes, <laughs> Lysol spray. Yeah. I mean, come on. Paper. You know, here's the deal. Daniel's in the lion's den, right? He didn't cause it. He didn't deserve it. It shouldn't have happened, but he's there. God stops the mouths of the lion, right? But I got to tell you something, Brian. I don't think Daniel walked over and put his arm in the mouth of a lion and said, huh, wonder if this is actually working. (laughs) Right. I, I think, in other words, he had faith, and yet there was wisdom. Sure. And I think we have to have both. That's good. I think one of the unintended consequences of this weekend's church services for me is that I, I went to three or four different churches that I normally couldn't go to on a Sunday. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I, I started off in, uh, in, uh, India and then I moved to yeah. New York and then I went to Houston and then I went to LA and, uh, it was just really a joyful experience to see. In fact, one church, um, before service even started, they just had worship. And there was a, a lady and a man and she, he had, he had a guitar and she was singing. It was just a two shot of them just leading worship. And they encouraged everyone just to sing and worship with them. And it was amazing. Um, yeah. And I think again, yeah. uh, what's going to happen is we're going to say, what, what ministers to my culture? If I'm on uh, long Island, what ministers there? If I'm in Houston or if I'm in, you know, Cody, Wyoming, what ministers to my people and what touches them? I also think that this is a great time to reach out to people maybe we haven't seen for a while. Maybe it's a somebody that kind of, you know, people kind of slide away. 
Mm-hmm. And um, you feel yeah. like you're intruding if you call them. Well, this is a great time to call them and just say, hey, you okay? You know, you're on my list of people that I'm praying for today. You good? You know, what's happening with you? You know, who knows what could happen out the other side? Because obviously, I mean, and I say obviously, it's extremely obvious based on science that this will have, uh, there'll be a top of the curve. It'll go to the other side and it'll go down. What we don't know is where that curve is. Right. Right. So, but this will have its day. And at the other side of it, if we've been smart, Brian, if we haven't moved in fear, but we've moved in faith, if we've helped people, if we've helped direct them and and correct and and, uh, lead them into righteousness and lead them into right thinking, if we've done that. And I think, you know, the other side of 9-11, if you recall, is there was renewal Mm -hmm. in the churches. There That's were right. a lot of people that came back to church who were like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I sort of got kind of out of it, but I just realized I need to bring my kids. I need to come back. Another thing that had happened out of 9-11 is that uh, across America, if we just talk about the United States, there were more uh, outreaches started to people in need than had ever happened in the 10 years prior. Um, I can think of two particular large ministries today, three, in fact, one massive one that came out of crisis. One was the boat people in Vietnam. There was a a group in Seattle that became huge. Uh, Another one is uh, Hurricane Sandy. There were three or four ministries that started in the New York area that are still going just strong. And then Katrina. And and there's ministries that uh, outreaches that began in the middle of that, that today are large and strong. And so, you know, let's look at that. Let's look at that. And yeah, yeah, toilet paper is an issue, but it's, (laughs) I mean, come on, man. I know. You know, Brian, hey, let me tell you something, man. Um, Yeah. You know, when somebody goes and buys a bunch of toilet paper like that and fills up two shopping carts with it, you know what they're really saying? They're saying, I don't want my neighbors to have any toilet paper. I really don't give a rip about them. And so um, yeah. it's a great time yeah, to minister. There was a, a, a post on one of the social platforms or an article in the news about the the depressed products on the shelves that aren't being purchased. Yeah. And uh, it was those items that no one cared to buy, like uh, like vegan pasta. You know, <laughs> all the pasta was gone, but there was a row of like, you know, pasta made out of nuts. And there was plenty of that available. So that's so funny, man. The sad, you know, the sad products. Yeah, uh, we, uh, anyway. yeah, we, we were kind of the crisis here. We, I think we live in a, in an area that isn't given to crisis, uh, that much, like maybe some of the more denser, uh, urban situations. But, you know, Judy went to, my wife went to the store the other day. I, I like, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I caught the last flight out of Lima, Peru. I was in, Peru. I caught the last flight out just just to get home before they shut it down. Lima, Peru now, army in the streets, shut everything down for two weeks. I talked to a friend there and he said, you know, we're just going to see what God's going to do. He says, what I do know out the other side is we're going to add more people to the kingdom of heaven. So Judy went to the store the other day and she goes, <laughs> she goes, I found everything I needed. She said, I just couldn't find frozen peas. I went, what? Huh. Yeah. She goes, yeah, why would there be a run on frozen peas? <laughs> so, you know, some of this stuff makes 
They're making sense. Yeah. But it's people panicking and it's fear and it's yeah. part of what we as as faith leaders and thinkers need to be putting on our social media. This is also a great time to just go online every day with something. Right. You know, I mean, why why only have church on Sunday? Why couldn't you do I don't know. That's right. Why couldn't you yeah, do a virtual of- thing every night? Why couldn't you do communion every Monday morning? Um you know, just on and on. There's just all these opportunities, Brian. And you're a guru of that stuff. Well, I've got a, no, a friend out of them. Mumbai, India. His name is Bonnie Andrews. And I encourage you all to look him up. But Bonnie uh, recently moved from Bombay to New York City. And every day at like 1 p.m. Eastern, he just opens up the Bible and he reads a couple chapters of the Bible. No commentary, no no, no music. Uh, he just kind of reads the Bible and he's got quite a following. And it's, uh, um, it's just, it's really nice to tune in. Wow. Hey, let's, let's take a moment and, and, and close us out with a short prayer for all our, uh, our church leaders out there, uh, Paul, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I want to pray uh, Psalm 100 because it really uh, says something. It's a, it's a song of thanksgiving. And it really speaks of, I know we have Psalm 91, that he'll cover you, keep disease from you. Psalm 46, be still and know that I'm God. But this I want to pray over you right now, because as you serve him, the, the word says, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord, our God. We are the people of his pleasure. That's verse three of Psalm 100. So, Father, I pray over my brother right now. This fear so easily, Paul said, it's stuff so, of the world so easily gets on us. I pray, Father, that you would help us in great wisdom and clarity of mind, direct our footsteps in the proper directions, and, Father, to help our people and lead them into paths of righteousness, even as the Good Shepherd led us in Psalm 23. Father, I pray that over my brother. I pray no weapon formed against him will prosper. I pray everything he puts his hands to, that, Father, it will be blessed And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to increase the kingdom, speak hope, and to help our people build life. And I do pray, Father, for every one of our friends that you would protect them, keep them safe, their loved ones, their grandparents, those that are unhealthy in their midst. I pray safety and protection over them and the ability and wisdom to navigate these amazing and what can be fruitful days ahead of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul. And thank you for tuning in to the uh, Church Growth Magazine podcast today. We're going to have a couple more podcasts that are timely and tactical for you, the church leader. Uh, we have another topic coming up, Paul, about I mean, uh, about uh, disaster recovery for churches. That's coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, we also have a tip from a young lady who's going to share uh, the best tip for working at home, <laughs> how to work remotely. Ironically, some people don't know how to do that. And uh, there's a there's a handful of tips that can make your experience. If you have to now work from home, uh, it can help you do a better job of that. I'll so tell we'll be you, sharing I, that in the coming I'll days, I'll give you a too. quick one right now, and I know she's going to talk yeah. about it, Brian. And it's huge. And that is somehow whatever system you use, get face-to-face. There are so many nuances of language that you don't get in the text. And sometimes your people, because you're trying to get a lot done and you're texting people, Mm -hmm. there are times they'll think you're mad at them. That's right. Your wife. Your wife. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we had an ad agency for about 12 years and our whole team was virtual and we were, 
pretty much required that all calls be done via Skype video. That's great. Um, we wanted to see your face. So anyway, those Smart. are coming up soon. But Paul, thank you again for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in to the Church Growth Magazine podcast. Mm-hmm.